35 heading south to Laredo. About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso. No luggage in the trunk, just me and Saki. Headed back down to Texas, now we serving these beans. What's up and welcome to the I-35 Sports Connection. You got Mila here. And your boy, Triple A. And we have a Dallas episode. That's right, Kansas City people. You don't like the Cowboys? You still got to listen through this because it's going to be awesome. <laughs> please, please still listen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to have a really cool season um, just preview, kind of predictions, all that good stuff. And then we will go into the season opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So what we'll do uh, for like our season preview is like we'll kind of give you like the the key subplots throughout the year, right? These aren't necessarily like one game dependent things on if you're going to be good or bad, but these are like storylines to watch for the future of the Cowboys. Sure. You know, what's going to make or break this season, what's going to look better for next year, things you need to be watching as you read these tea leaves throughout the year. Definitely. These are going to be the chapters to the book of Cowboys 2022 book it. That's how it's going to be. I'm going to close this book and return it to the library immediately. And then the librarian is going to be like, hey, you return this on time, but that's weird because this is a championship book. Oh my god. Everybody wants this book, but whatever. Anyways, all right. So, um one of the first things I want to talk about here is going to be Mr. Ezekiel Elliott number 21. Um will he have a bounce back year? Will he not? Has his training been going great? Has he earned this money? Kind of just some things that we really need to watch for. It looks fantastic. Like he looks good. Dude, he's slimmed down. The attitude's a little different. Like it, it just it has a different feeling here. And I think that he, you know, his head has been cleared a little. Like, I think that him and Dak really play off each other. I think he had to really be there to support Dak last year. So I think that that had a positive impact on him. Um, Do I think that it's going to be 2016 all over again? Not necessarily. But the thing with 2016 is that, you know, we looked at that through a different lens. He was a rookie then and now he's a veteran. So we our expectations are a little bit higher right now. But um, I think it's going to be good news for Zeke. Yeah, and, and a couple things here, right? Like, the expectations are high because you're one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. You know, you're coming off of a year where you lost your O-line. You lost your quarterback. You had quarterbacks that couldn't get the ball to the receivers or the tight end. So, like, it was necess- it was really just all on you. Like, you were the, the thing that the defense had to stop, mm-hmm. right? So, it's a little bit harder to be the man, especially in a passing league, when everybody's just focused on you because they know you can't pass. You were a one-dimensional team the moment Dak got hurt. And that really, really, you mm-hmm. know, all eyes were on you unfairly. Um, I think also, just on this last point on this, is I think that those Butterfinger comments really got to him. He really, really worked on that. And yeah, sure, I've been watching Hard Knocks. Not as great as I thought it would be, just to be honest. But, you know, watching that, it looks like he's really taking that to heart. So um, I think that, you know, Zeke is going to have a great year. It's really going to be... He better be, because I drafted (laughs) him on my fantasy football team, dang it. So just a little bit of fantasy too is the fact that like you know we got to get him more involved in the passing game he can't just be a classic running back anymore like you're paying this guy 15 mil a year Mm -hmm. he's got to be more than a rushing running back he's got to get involved in the ways that Kamara and Christian McCaffrey get involved Mm -hmm. he's got to be a threat in the passing game especially when you're a Cowboys team where like 
I don't have a Travis Kelsey. I don't have, right. you know, a, a Gronkowski. I don't have a Kittle. I don't have these big name, you know, tight ends that can eat up the middle of the field. No Honestly, offense to Schultz or Jarwin. Yeah. If, but if I have a great running back like Carolina does, I right. can assume that role in a guy who's a more dynamic playmaker. So like, can I do that with Zeke? Because like, yeah, it's nice to get Tony Pollard open in space, but I'm not paying Tony Pollard right. 15 million. Right, right. Um, okay, so the next uh, chapter in this championship book, if you will, you should, uh, it's going to be Michael Gallup and uh, Amari Cooper and how they're kind of related and but not related, kind of tied to each other. So Michael Gallup has been playing fantastically, doing a great job. But I want to kind of shed light on the fact that we have Michael Gallup, we have Amari Cooper, we have C.D. Lamb, and we have Cedric Wilson. You do not need four wide receivers Great for trade value if you can flip one of them, but you don't need all four. And I kind of think that's where Michael Gallup might be this year. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and obviously, you know, teams carry like six or seven wide receivers, but but we're saying like, you know... Not expensive ones. Exactly, there we go. And so like Gallup is on the final year of his contract. Amari Cooper is one of the top five paid wide receivers in the NFL. A $22 million cap hit next year but is always seems to have issues staying healthy or staying on the field. And if you're the Cowboys, it was very peculiar that of all the contracts you chose to restructure versus not restructure to make more cap room for Dak's deal, you didn't touch his. Right. Which tells me you're not 100% sold on Amari Cooper staying here and you're not 100% sold on Gallup leaving here. Right. Because you're leaving it open. Now, if Amari Cooper proves that, hey, I'm healthy this year. I'm not going to get hurt. I'm going to perform at the level of what you expect. And he's probably going to stay on this team. Mm -hmm. But let's say Cooper is banged up, continues to have consistency issues. Then I'm looking at it like, hey, I can get out of the Cooper deal for six mil versus 22 mil. Absolutely. I can just re-sign Gallup at a cheaper rate and have him actually be a great number two wide receiver to CD Lamb. Then I'm going to do that. And I get my money savings that way because Dak's contract starts to escalate Every yep. single year, it's a bigger and bigger cap hit. So if I'm looking at it from the Cowboys, I have flexibility to get out of a deal right there. Also, a la a, Randy Gregory has a potential deal looming, so you are going to start needing to save money. And if one guy's not performing, then I'm going to go get the other guy. Also very shocking here if you're a Cowboys fan, but this was almost a good insurance policy to take out. Literally shook that this panned out this way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things where you got to read the tea leaves of the contracts and see what's going on to understand that like Gallup isn't necessarily out the door. For sure. I think by probably bye week, we'll have a a good read on the situation and where we're at. But um, okay, so let's move to the next one here. Um, I think that talking about the defense is a big one here. And we got a couple topics on the defense. So let me remind everybody... Last year, our defense was ranked 28. How many teams are there? 32. Oh. That is not where you want to be. That is like scritching, or sniffing the butthole of the NFL. You don't want that. You want to be up at the top. So um, the biggest thing we did, obviously, was um, you know change coaching staff or whatever. Like that. That is a big thing there. Do I think it's the end-all, be-all? Probably not. But getting rid of Mike Nolan and the Jim Toms of the world, like that at least, at least 
lets you think you're going to be better. You could have done nothing else True. and at least gotten rid of those coaches and know for a fact you wouldn't be worse. You're, you're not a fan of Jim Tom Sula? No. Who or, thanks people in accounting? Oh, God. I, if you need to go back on YouTube and go find that clip, it's so funny. It's ridiculous. I'm it's like, his opening th- press conference when he was named head coach of the 49ers. Do, he was on some good drugs. They Raul say co- and the boys downstairs. Yeah, like just, what? What is that? I think it was Fran in accounting doing his four hundred one k. Like, yeah, terrible. it was just wild. But anyways, all right. So coming back off this tangent. So a competent coach. Yes, having improvement. having somebody that's not on a hell of a drug, whatever it ha- may have been. And you just need him to get you in the top twenty to really right. to be headed in the right direction and really like have a shot at something here. The hot boys need to actually show up because I remember when we had the whole, oh, we're the hot boys, we're them boys. Like we started up at that. We never really delivered on that. And it was kind of sad. So hopefully we can come back and be like, no, you know what? We are those hot boys. We are them boys. (laughs) We're them boys. Exactly. Make Wiz Khalifa proud. (laughs) Um, Next thing on this list is going to be... um, how we see Jabril Cox and Jalen and Micah Parsons and go, you do a really good job of explaining this out. So it, it would be a mistake to, to view Jalen's future dependent on Micah Parsons or Leighton Vander Esch. Those two players have no barring on whether Jalen Smith or not. And why is that? Uh, stays on this team so uh, after this that? year, because like Micah Parsons will be on this team no matter what he's locked into a contract on a rookie deal. You just spent a first rounder on him. He's not going anywhere. I.e. no monies. Leighton Vanderish, if he plays well, it doesn't matter. You didn't pick up his fifth year option. God it, bless. So if he pays well, he'll be too expensive. If he plays like crap, he'll be cheap and you'll either resign him or not. It'll be up to you. Doesn't affect Jalen Smith. The real player that affects Jalen Smith is Jabril Cox. So he's a mid-round pick, super cheap, rookie deal. And if he can step up and if he can play well, then you can use your out after this season to get off of the Jalen Smith deal. So like that's what's so huge about it, is you can save a lot of money and only have like six million dollars in cap uh, in dead cap and get off of the Jalen Smith deal if Jabril Cox shows up because then you have a nice linebacking core. Neil doesn't affect uh, Jalen at all either because if Neil shows out then he's worth a lot of money. If he plays all right, then he's basically Jalen Smith for half the price. (laughs) So like Jabil Cox is someone you already have locked in. You're not going to have to re-sign. He's going to make or break the future of Jalen Smith. So watch Cox throughout the season. If you start to notice things like more playing time, him making impacts on the game, then that's going to spend, that's going to like spell trouble for Jalen Smith's future as a Dallas Cowboy. And you love Jalen Smith so much, so you'll be super happy to see that. I mean, it sounds like I, I don't like the guy, which isn't true. I, I, I think You weren't his biggest fan, though, and I understand why. Yeah. He hasn't showed up, so I get like, it. He, I think he was done a disservice uh, by like being drafted where he was drafted, but props to him sure. on getting the contract. He said, look, I'm willing to sign early, and you know he... I'm not going to knock him for getting the money, but like once you sign a contract worth that much, now I'm going to judge you at that price point. Sure. And so like that's the thing is that he's not meeting the the expectation of his contract. Uh, but I do think he is an NFL caliber player. Don't get me wrong. But as far as like the amount of playing time and what sure. he's worth, I don't think it's there. Makes sense. Um, and then this last thing in the, the chapter of the book of championship in 2022, <laughs> book it. Uh, and you can go ahead and tweet at me if you think that's really ridiculous. I'll just fire off some crazy memes or gifts back at you. But at I-35 Sports CXN on Twitter, 
come find me. Uh, anyways, uh, the last the last thing here is going to be the ever looming COVID over the whole league. So we are not one of those three teams that are 100% vaccinated. Fine, whatever. It's your choice, I guess. Whatever. You have to be smart as a player. Guys, don't go to the clubs. Stay out of the bars. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't have these huge parties at your house. I guarantee you, I would put money on the fact that if you sacrifice a little bit of fun now, when we win the Super Bowl, the parties <laughs> will be much better. I will buy y'all's drinks if you want. We'll have to probably mortgage the house, but whatever. We'll make it happen. Just sacrifice a little right now. I mean, I don't know what happened with Zach Martin. All I know is he tested positive, and we can talk about that later when we talk about the game. But just do the best that you can. Wear your mask, whatever. Even if you don't believe in the science, just follow it. Maybe it is true. You know, like, that is going to be the biggest thing. Mike McCarthy doesn't have this to fall back on either. And I'm not saying defend the man, but if... You know, we have another losing season or something. That's not something where he can say, oh, well, COVID. No, because everybody else figured it out. Why didn't you figure it out? That kind of goes with just self-responsibility and accountability. Yeah. So like the excuse factor is gone in using COVID. Right. You are, you were brought in to win now as a coach of Mike McCarthy. The reason Lincoln Riley didn't get an interview wasn't because he didn't want one. It's because the Cowboys didn't even approach it because they didn't want to have the ramp up time for a college coach to adjust to the NFL. Jerry once said he wants to win now. Jerry's old as hell now. And so he needs to get that last ring now. And so if you're Mike McCarthy and you don't show progress because last year was a step back from the Jason Garrett era, you're in trouble. Like, COVID ain't going to save you on this hot seat. So like, that's the last like storyline that's kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Now let's transition. Wait, 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 before we transition, Hit me. I want to say COVID kind of even the playing field, but has anybody checked in on the new England Patriots? I would put money on the fact that they've probably found a way to fake some tests. Patriots or do some cheating? I know. What What a thought. What a thought. Yeah, no, we, we need somebody to do some digging around. I can't wait for there to be an investigative report or somebody like, hey, Bill Belichick caught cheating again. And then just, ugh. I think of be- course, nothing will happen to them because Roger Goodell doesn't care, but, ugh. I know. I know. I feel you. Okay, so now let's pivot to that game on Thursday, season opener against the Tom Brady Buccaneers. Now, this would normally be our pit stop, but we're kind of combining it on this first episode, and then we'll have the pit stops ongoing, just like we did last year, to give you everything you need to know for the game. Yep, and if you're new here, we always do a keys to the game. So basically, it's a number guide on what you should be looking for, what you should be watching for, kind of how to predict the game. And I would say... 9.9 9.9 times out of 10, we're spot on. Yeah, like, like these are kind of like the magic numbers, if you will, to yeah. know if you're trajectorying in the right way or the right. wrong way. Right. So uh, you want to hit them with one? You want to hit them with the first one? Because you were facing sure. the defending Super Bowl champs. I never scared. You're facing most Super Bowls I by a scared. quarterback. I never scared. You're Bring facing on. one of the best receiver cores in the NFL. Never scared. One of the best D-lines in the NFL. We ready, oh, we ready for y'all. Okay, anyways, <laughs> um, so that first number to watch is going to be one hundo. Woo! And that means that you do not want to get those wide receiver cores 
or the wide receiver core for the Buccaneers to hit a hundred yards. And not not we're not talking a total of all three together. We're talking one of those one wide each. receivers having a hundred yard game. Right. So that means stopping Evans, Brown, and Godwin. You want to make sure they're not even sniffing near a hundred yards. And, and the reason for that, it's not like, hey, you know, we want to kill your fantasy squad. It's no, we do. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's because what those numbers mean. So you look at the guys like Brown and Godwin. These are speedster guys, right? So like if these guys are hitting 100 yards, that means there's some big plays involved here. Um, That means Tampa Bay isn't methodically moving down the field. You aren't getting multiple third downs to try to get them off the field. They're getting big chunk plays here. So like if they're getting, you know, at that 100 yard mark, that's an issue. That means your defense is getting destroyed. Right. You look at Mike Evans, right? Big, big red zone target. So if he's seeing a lot of passes, you're like, how many times are they in this red zone? How many times have they been right. scoring? We don't so, want that. So you don't want that. You want Tampa Bay to beat you through LeGarrette, through Jones, through Robert, uh, through Gr- uh, Gr- Gronkowski. You want them to have to like dink and dunk, you know, Tom Brady, weaker arm, please, since you're old guy, down the field so you can get as many third downs as possible to get them off of the field. But if they're doing big plays, that spells right. trouble you for you. So that's why we say 100 yards. Right. All right. Magic. Next magic number is going to be trace. And if you don't speak Spanish, that means three. I mean, even if you don't speak Spanish, think of that trace leches cake. Mm. Like that should give you all the clues you need, right? True, true, true. These are facts. <laughs> and also, if you don't know what three is in Spanish, like it's 2021. Come on now, people. No, I'll set up what three means. All right, so go for it. You're, you're going up against a Tampa Bay defense with Sue, with, with Shaq. That they average about three sacks a game. Three sacks a game is, is pretty damn good uh, for a D-line. And and I, I say you want to avoid that, especially when we talk about Zach Martin now being out of this oh, game, shit. is that Dak needs time to throw. Dak needs protection. So if he's getting hit, if Tampa Bay gets three sacks on Dallas, that means it's just three sacks, but that's not counting how many quarterback knockdowns have happened, right. how many times he's been pressured. You're not allowing... Um, his ankle, his, his ankle. shoulder. These are all important things to watch for and guard. You're, you're not allowing your very own three-headed monster in Cooper, Gallup, and C.D. Lamb to make big plays. Now you're beating them. Now you have to try to beat them through Zeke rather than your wide receivers going ham. If you can keep the D off of Dak, then you can pick these people apart because there is no team, and I mean no team, in the NFL today that can legitimately stop Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup. That is a three-headed monster. You can't stop all of them, so all you need is time. Give him time, and one of them will expose you. But if Zach, if Dak's getting hit all the time, if there's three sacks or more in this game on him, that means Dak hasn't had time to throw, and you're going to be right. in trouble. And you have four stud wide receivers, but if they're not going to be utilized, then what good are they? Yeah. So yeah, protect Cause, your cause quarterback. You, you've even seen, like you said, Cedric Wilson take over. Yeah. Like you can't, dude. Yeah, he came out of nowhere last year. I was no. like, wait, who is this guy? Um, but yeah, so just protect the quarterback. O line, you need to turn it up and turn it on. Um, your next number is going to be four. Now, this kind of goes to what we were saying with Dak, right? Now, four is the number of sacks you need to not only, you know, get at Tom Brady and protect yourself against those wide receivers, but finish him. But to protect your secondary. Outside of digs, your secondary is Oh, Lord. It hurts. It hurts. You don't have the pieces to be able to guard 
Brown, who's one of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL, mm. Godwin, who runs like the wind, and Evans, who can <laughs> jump over everybody. Like, your defense is going to need help. And that's where I need Tank Lawrence to step up. That's where I need Randy Gregory, who's finally going to sure. get to start at the beginning of the season, not coming off of a suspension, getting a full offseason. Like, these guys are going to have to make plays. So you have Tank, you have Randy Gregory, who need to pressure Tom Brady. You also have Michael Parsons, who's very good at blitzing. Oh, oh yes. I love Michael Parsons. No. He's already come in and talking shit on Tom Brady. Yes, boy, show up and show out. So if the Cowboys can pull off four sacks in this game, which means obviously mm-hmm. they've rushed Tom Brady way more, they're not letting the passing routes develop because they're hurting or they're hurrying Tom Brady, mm-hmm. then that spells a win for the Cowboys. Absolutely. And I mean, that also goes back to things to look for for the rest of the season. Um, and then the last number I want y'all to look for is going to be 21. No, that is not points I want the Cowboys to have because I would rather have them be in like the 40s. A million. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. Like I want y'all to run away with this. But 21 signifying Zeke. Zeke, I think, is going to be a big integral part of this team. It's kind of his re-coming out party, if you will. He's got to play well. And I think his energy, him and Dak together, their energy is going to set up the success for the rest of the season. Don't you have him on fantasy? I mean, yeah, that too. I mean, I, feel- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zeke, if you're listening, like you could do some great razzle dazzle things. Yeah, like 45 touchdowns, you know. Right, so right, like with things that are unheard of, but that's what you're capable of. No, and and we put that there too because like we can't, and we said this earlier, we can't use Zeke as just a rusher. We have to get involved right. in the screen game. We got to get involved in the passing game. He has to be basically our, our number two tight end. We've got to use him in that fashion in the passing game. So it's not like oh, Zeke's in the game; they're just gonna run or oh. He's going to just stay for pass blocking. We need him out. We need him catching balls. It can't just be uh, Tony Pollard from the backfield. Zeke has to be the dynamic playmaker that he is. Absolutely. So, Zeke, you need to eat, baby. But um, So those are our, our numbers to be watching. Those are kind of the predictions for the rest of the season. Um, you can find us and follow us on at I35SportsCXN on Twitter. We'll have all sorts of great Cowboys content throughout the season and probably throughout the year because, you know, Cowboys Nation, baby. Um, the game is on at 7.20 on NBC, Thursday, September 9th. Don't miss it. Cowboys Nation, show up. And I was wrong. It's not in Dallas. It's in Tampa Bay. So my bad. Cowboys by 50. <laughs> Let's go, Cowboys.